0: My parents left for the U.S. so I could have a bigger opportunity. They always felt that America was full of opportunities, but particularly for women. I think what my parents instilled is always dream big, define your own destiny. That was Annie
1: Young-Scrivener. As a child, she came to the United States from China and grew up to embody the American dream. Her career has included jobs with famous companies like Starbucks, Pepsi, and Godiva. And today she is CEO of Wella Company, a global leader in the $100 billion beauty industry. I'm Milan Verveer and this is Seneca's 100 Women To Hear We are bringing you 100 of the world's most inspiring and history-making women you need to hear. Annie Young-Scrivener has been CEO of Wella Company since December the 1st, 2020. With expertise in hair, nails, and digital tech styling tools, Wella Company includes well-known brands like Wella Professionals, OPI, Nioxin, and Clairol. As a CEO, Annie is something of a rarity. Although we think of the beauty business as focused on women, Annie is just one of seven women CEOs in that industry. Prior to joining Wella, Annie was CEO of Godiva Chocolates. Listen and learn why Annie Young Scrivener is one of Seneca's 100 Women to Hear. I'm speaking today to an exceptional corporate leader, Annie Young Scrivener. Annie, I'm so excited about this conversation. Thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you, Milan. I'm so excited to be with you.
1: Well, you just have an amazing and inspirational life story. It's really the American dream story. I remember when I first heard about how, as a child, you moved from China, going on to a remarkable career at Some of the top companies, Pepsi, Starbucks, Godiva, and now CEO of the Wella Company. Can you tell our audience, our listeners, about your journey? How did you get where you are today? Did you
0: imagine that one day you'd be heading a global beauty company? First of all, Milan, again, thank you so much for having me. You know, growing up, I have been very fortunate. My parents left for the U.S., So I could have a bigger opportunity. They always felt that America was full of opportunities, but particularly for women. And I remember landing in Seattle seven. uh, I would look at myself and I knew I was just a little different than everybody else. But I think what my parents instilled is always dream big define your own destiny. And through my early childhood, I always had a fascination with fashion and beauty. I worked early in my career in retail. And one of the unknown facts is I did people's hair at home. (laughs) I used to, (laughs) I used to cut my friend's hair. Now I never made any money, but I had returning customers. Wow! And back in, (laughs) back in the seventies, I did perms. I had my own perm rods. If I close my eyes, I could still see them. And I've always felt that beauty was transformative. It was so but not just about the external, but it was also about the internal. When you can match the two, I think you become really powerful. And so I've had very good teachers and mentors through my career And growing up, I've always worked really hard. I started work when I was 15. And I think that, you know, America allows you to define your destiny. And then you get to find a whole bunch of people that help you along the way. And so I feel really privileged to be in the beauty industry, particularly what we do on the professional side.
1: Yeah, so fascinating. And really an inspirational story, no matter how you define it. I want to come back to how things are going at the Wella Company a little later. But since you talked a little bit about your American dream journey, and you did mention mentors, I want to ask you about those who inspired you along the way, championed you. What kinds of lessons did you learn and how have they impacted your leadership style? Because we know that mentors and those who inspire others can make such a difference in one's life.
0: They can. And I think, you know, mentors are able to see things that you don't see and they could help guide you. Mm. When I was going through undergrad, I had a professor and she told me, hey, you're putting yourself through school working in retail, but you should really get an internship with a Fortune 50 company. And here's who you should go interview for. And that was PepsiCo. And I ended up having a 20 year career. Had she not grabbed me and shared with me an alternative plan on how I could grow myself, it would never have happened. And her name was Judith Edwards. And through my career, I've had amazing mentors. And I think of you as one of them, just teaching me the global landscape, helping me how to navigate. Equally, there were leaders like Ender Nui who was a previous chairperson and CEO of PepsiCo, Howard Schultz, who was instrumental on teaching me about the importance of community and owning people's heart, and Craig Weatherup, uh, who was on the board of Starbucks and helped guide me. I think my parents have played an, an incredible role on teaching me values And teaching me hard work and being humble as well. And I think that learning from adversity, you know, my first job at PepsiCo, uh, when I graduated, it was in the management training program. And my first job was to drive a truck. I had to (laughs) load the truck myself, deliver products to the store. And what I learned was the intention to detail, understanding everybody's role, and the importance of teamwork. And that has taught me so many lessons that I've continued to gain uh, benefits from.
1: And those are such important lessons, I think, for all of us, that no job is too small, that you can't learn from it and especially the importance of working in collaboration, because I know those have stayed with you throughout your exceptional career. Now, you're also just one of seven women CEOs in your industry. You've been a role model as an Asian American leader, and I know you are deeply committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion as an important business imperative. You've always manifested that, and especially to see more diversity at the top. So, how are you incorporating those principles which you've always held dear and have mattered to you so greatly? How are you doing that now at the Wella Company?
0: That's a great question. You know, it's so important because I think that we all want to create a culture where people could bring their best self to work. And in order to create that culture, the importance of diversity and inclusion has to be there. For businesses, it's not just a nice to do, it's the right thing to do. Businesses that are more diverse ethnically have outperformed their competition. I think there was a McKinsey study and the percentage was like 36% better performance. I think for me personally, when you look at the beauty industry, 89% of the workforce is women. When you look at the leadership at the top, it's very different. For the Wella company, we've um, been very focused on making sure that we hire the best candidate, but our slate has to be diverse. And our slate and our population should represent that of uh, the consumers that we serve, which are mostly women. Our total organization we're proud to share is over 57%. Our directors and above are pretty close to that. Do we have more opportunities? Absolutely. Uh, We're very focused on ensuring that every position that we hire is with a diverse slate. And then we will always hire the best candidate. No one wants to get hired because of their gender or because of their race. And I think one of the most important things is also when we lead a global company, we're in a hundred country across the globe, is leadership style differences to recognize that. And I think that there's not a perfect person. Everybody has their strength. Everybody has their opportunities. But when you create a team, you could create that perfect person. So having people that are different in style and the way that they think is critically important to any success. For us, you know, we're less than two years old, although we have 140 years of history at the Wella Company. Uh, we're very proud that we signed on to the UN Compact, which is not only about sustainability, but it's about diversity, equity, inclusion, and also belonging. And we are focused with goals and metrics and also ensuring that we unlock potential of everyone to be involved.
1: Yeah, and and you mentioned that you took over the helmet, well, just two years ago. But for as long as I've known you, Annie, and that's been (laughs) over many years, you have been so committed to accelerating women in the economy as part of what you do, what you've done and what you continue to do. Really recognizing both what a force they are for growing our economies and creating jobs, but also to what they are entitled and the difference they make. Can you talk about that? Because I think it's one of the really magnificent, unique features of your leadership.
0: We're very focused on equity and pay, very focused on specifically the key leadership role to ensure that there's gender balance. Sometimes I'll hear on boards. You know, we're doing a search and it should be maybe not a diverse slate. There's no debate. And I'm so proud of many of the public boards that I've sat on, whether it's Macy's, we had a 50-50 gender diversity. Mm. Tiffany and Company was 50-50 by the time it was at the end. And Yum Brands, um, since joining, we've also added more women leaders onto the board. I think that's critically important because I think that if you don't have role models, it's hard for people to also see how they could do it. And the reality is, as women, even if you have a spouse that works, we're still responsible for more of the activities at home. Mm -hmm. And so making sure that we could balance everything is is also a fine art.
1: It's certainly a fine art, and it's one always to be mindful of.
0: Seneca's 100 Women to Hear will be back after this short break.
1: Now, we, we all frequent our wonderful hairstylists, I'm sure. And I wonder if you could give us a sense of women in the industry overall. Now, what kinds of economic challenges do they face in the salon industry? How are you helping them meet those challenges? You mentioned some of the issues you're dealing with, but can you expand on that? Because I think it's important for us to know.
0: Sure. You know, we are in about 100 countries across the globe, and we support 500,000 Small businesses. Some of these small businesses could have 2,000 salon chains, or you could be an individual salon owner, or you could be renting a chair somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it's so critically important because um, the industry is flexible in that it's a great career. You could call your own hours and you could monetize in a meaningful way. But during COVID, if you'll go back a couple of years back in twenty twenty, parts of the world were completely shut down, which meant you know, if you're in the industry, you could be regulated uh, inability to open and you're an entrepreneur. So some of the things that we did were making sure that we had protective gear for folks. We extended terms on loans and payments, but more importantly, we invested in technology and also education to up-level the skill set of the beauty professional so that when the industry opened, it would do so much better. So I'll give you a specific example. April of 21, when the, the industry was still wonky, some were closed, some were open, we took the best of the best across the globe And made a digital training program and gave access to everyone for free. We would usually charge 300 euros per session and we waive that, enabling everybody to up level their skill set, donating back over 30 million back to the industry. And when the industry reopened a couple months later, it was huge. That's the livelihood. I would say the challenge that we're seeing, not just in our industry, but everywhere is labor. Mm. How do we ensure that we really paint uh, the picture of how you can invest in yourself, you could grow and you can make a very, very healthy living in the industry. If I travel across the globe, it's one of the biggest pieces right now that the salon industry is facing is making sure that they have the right people coming in. And then particularly if you're in Europe, you have the energy crisis that's happening right now. So people are seeing energy costs rise much higher than what we're experiencing in the U.S. And so helping them think through a greener footprint Uh, on energy usage, on water usage, salon operation is also something that we're invested in as well.
1: You know, it's so interesting because I think we rarely are aware of all of those environmental, speaking more broadly about the environment in which a uh, salon industry uh, leader works, uh, how all of those come to play. And it's so interesting too, Annie, to hear about how you invested during the lockdown in ways that really helped to upgrade the folks in the industry. Just really terrific stuff. You know, we never have enough time for these conversations, but I want to end by asking you about your life at the Wella Company, because it must be inspiring to work at a company where many of the brands were founded by women. You know, it's exceptional, it's pioneering in many ways. And I know what kind of person you are and how conscious you've always been about accelerating women's progress as well. How has that shaped your thinking and vision uh, that you are at the company you're at with the history it has?
0: You know, I feel so inspired. And I also feel such responsibility to ensure that we're developing the brands in the right way. And fortunately, I have such an amazing leadership team, um, making sure that we're galvanizing the organization. But let me just share a couple of stories of these founders. We have the Nioxin brand, which is founded by Eva Graham. She started that business in 1987 with $500 in her pocket. And And she developed the scalp category for hair loss treatment with the Nioxin brand. Her father was losing his hair. She just had her first child and we we've all gone through that. We know what happens after you give um, your, your baby, you kind of lose your hair as well. So she was very dedicated into the science and what was in the product. She would go door-to-door to salons to do training. And she said to me, Annie, I thought I made it when I was training two people instead of one. And what she said, I love this quote. She said, I think I faced every challenge someone in the industry has faced, but I didn't see them as challenges. I saw them as opportunities, as new beginning. And I think as an entrepreneur, you have to know that these obstacles, you overcome them. And it's just a lesson. And they make you stronger. OPI, our nail brand, it's the number one professional brand. It was founded by Susie Wise Fleshman. And she is amazing. You know, they started the business as something very different. It became OPI. And she was the person that's the inspiration behind each of the names, Big Apple Red, and she is still a part of the Wella company today. Our most recent acquisition is Briagio. Nancy Twine it was the, you know, largest African American owned independent upscale beauty company, and we purchased her Company, because of the great formulation that she has on etho ethical sustainable clean beauty. And her story is fabulous. Her mom was a chemist, and instead of baking, they used to make soap and emulsions. And she unfortunately lost her mother to an accident. And just to get comfort, she went back to making soap and shampoo and founded the Briagio company. And it is such amazing product. So each of our founders has story on brand, doing something great, not only for the industry, but also for society. And I think that's what we're after. We want to do great things for the beauty industry. We want to make sure that the small businesses and the big businesses that we impact, We also do it in a positive way. And we feel like the way that we look at our ingredients, the way that we look at our footprint is also going to be better for the earth. We're very focused on our CO2, our water footprint, and uh, plastic and fiber. And, Lawn, we're going to make a big difference on DE&I as well.
1: Just terrific to hear all of this. Annie Young-Scrivener. You're not only a model of corporate leadership, Annie, but you're a true inspiration. Thank you so much for being with us today.
0: I adore you. Thank you so much for this opportunity.
1: There is so much to learn from Annie Young Scrivener, from her life and her outlook. Here are three things I took from that conversation. First, Annie shows us that every job matters. Her first job after graduation was at PepsiCo. She had to load a truck and deliver the products. She learned about the importance of attention to detail, understanding everybody's role, and of teamwork. Second, diversity, equality, and inclusion are good for people and for businesses. It's not just a nice thing to do, says Annie, it's the right thing to do. Finally. Annie reminds us that women's representation and leadership can have a big impact on companies and industries. Mentorship is also important for women. Mentors, says Annie, are able to see things that you don't see and they can help guide you. Tune in next time to hear about our next featured woman and discover why she's one of Seneca's 100 Women to Hear.
0: Seneca's 100 Women to Hear is a collaboration between the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio with support from founding partner p Have a great day.